All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from Patreons. Lots of gems, lots of warriors paying bills online, lots of, you don't want to stick to me, bro? Then I'll make you stick to me. Let's get to it. And every day, I practice martial arts. Yo, Dre, how you doing, man? Yo, Sifu, I'm Gucci Swayze. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. Still reeling off of the uh, off of the what? excitement of them finding out uh, who murdered Tupac. Oh, all man. right. Oh, man. Uh, which oh, is great. Man. It's all right. Amazing. So happy about that. It's that's a big thing for both of us. Justice for Tupac. Yeah, it's justice. So dope. All right, so for dope. two. Dudes, Tupac. All right, okay. Right. Uh, awesome. So, uh, yeah. So here we yeah. are for another episode of yeah, KFG. We're back. And last week was episode was a little off the rails. We kept saying stuff like "bang," and it was, you we just you know, what was crazy. I never got to say yeah. it. Uh huh. <laughs> and wow. I felt out of. He did, out did, of did he like, get to say it on that episode? No, I never got to didn't. say oh. it. I felt out of okay. the loop. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? I should say it this time. You should. At least once. Yes, once is yeah, good just, enough. Yeah, let's right? just leave it there. Because right? every time you say it, there, dude's got to edit it. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a lot of work. It, that's it why, took me yeah. hours to edit it. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> oh God, instead of uh, Andrew okay. doing the editing, our boy Mikey decided to, to yeah, edit all the out of the last episode. Why would he even try Before to, we uh, sent it to... Yeah, uh, yes. Why yeah. did he say that? Because that's the favorite, my new favorite person to follow on Instagram. So anyway, ah, okay. uh, we have a uh, Patreon episode. We got Patreon questions. And okay. uh, just a reminder now that instead of taking questions from the general YouTube mm-hmm. masses, we right. take questions only from our Patreons. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but we do take episode ideas, obviously, from our uh, YouTube we commenters. Do. And we, we still do. get great ideas from our, from our we YouTubers. We still do, yes. And uh, which reminds me, the best way to support the Kung Fu Genius is on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Kung Fu Genius for as little as $5 a month. <laughs> I love doing this pitch. And the two of them are arguing with each other back and forth through expressions because of the whole thing. So anyway, uh, (laughs) the best way to support us is on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Kung Fu Genius. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to episodes early, my subscriber reels, a bunch of other goodies, and higher levels of support. Get higher levels of goodies, including uh, private episodes with me and uh, all sorts of other cool stuff as well. Translations of Yip Man interviews, all sorts of cool stuff. So anyway, patreon.com slash the Kung Fu Genius. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to us here. Uh, so yeah, so Dre. Word is he's a Kung Fu Genius. Yep. That's Practice it. all day like a genius. <laughs> all right. Okay. Is so that how that lyric goes? That That's is exactly how, how that lyric how goes. goes. So we got some questions from our Patreons. What you got for me, Dre? We got some uh, Mr. Hope in the beginning. Mr. Hope in the Mr. beginning. Hope. Is that his whole handle, That's Mr. Whole Hope handle. in the beginning? Yeah. So he doesn't have any hope later. <laughs> only in the, only in the beginning. Yeah. Got and then it. It dwindles. All right. As shit goes on. Yeah. It's pretty shit. much like everyone else. Yeah. All yeah. right. So Mr. Hope is asking, well, he, he starts off with, greetings, Sifu Alex and KFG team. Yes. Hello, KFG team. Question for the podcast. Hi. I've heard it said that at the basic level, 
Chi Sao is about learning to stick to your opponent. Whereas at the more advanced level, Chi Sao is about making the opponent stick to you. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. This seems like a distinction without a difference. Have you ever heard this explanation before? And what is your interpretation of its meaning? Many thanks. Yes. So what if you could transport back in time for a front row seat into the life and legacy of one of the most respected Wing Chun masters in history? Gong Sao Wang, a tribute. Direct students on Sifu Wang Shilong offers you just that. Through a series of exclusive conversations, 25 direct students share anecdotes, reflections, and personal stories offering in-depth understanding of the man behind the legend. Order your copy today across 12 Amazon marketplaces with free shipping. I absolutely love this book, and I think you'll find it an indispensable part of your collection. I can't recommend it enough. Get yours today. Go to Amazon, type in Gong Sao Wong, and there you go. Uh, I've heard all sorts of interpretations of Chi Sao <laughs> oh, God. in my million years doing <laughs> okay. this art. What's uh, the craziest interpretation? Well, the, the thing is that, uh, and, and uh, this is not, so I'm not speaking specifically on this, you know, uh-huh. specific one, right? But there's always a tendency in Chinese martial arts to come up with a lot of what I would call pseudo-profundity. Things that sound <laughs> extremely profound, like you'll listen to like, Wow. You'll be like Kanunu Reeves. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, I love it. And then you wait a few minutes and you go, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 if it sounds like it came out of a fortune cookie, yeah. then uh, kung fu people will be super excited about it. You open a fortune Yo. cookie at the highest levels of cheese sao. You make your opponent stick to you. Whoa. Wow. All right. Um, well, I mean, look, it's always difficult when it when it comes to explain you know all jokes aside when it comes to explaining mm-hmm. these things it's always about context mm-hmm. um sometimes people assume that if we have a statement like you know uh, you, when you start it, you stick to your opponent and when the advanced levels you you make your opponent stick to you uh as if somehow this is a line that is shared or understood by all different wing chun people right okay. and the truth is that it might be a sentiment that most Wing Chun people could agree with if we only understood what the context was from the person who said it. Okay. And there we always have this kind of guru problem in, in a, a lot of uh, Asian arts, not just martial arts, but even like in yoga and with mm-hmm. the gurus and with like the, uh, the contemplatives in India and stuff like this. It's like they sometimes like to say things right. that it's like... If you don't understand what I mean, it's because you're not in the club. Ah. All right. So instead of uh, a saying being something that is helpful, which I, I think it should be, you know, we have all these mottos or maxims in, in Wing Chun. Most <laughs> Chinese Kung Fu styles have their own mottos and maxims. There are maxims that are general to all of Chinese martial arts. And then there are maxims that are specific to certain martial arts, like a certain group of martial arts. And then there's some that are only for specific martial arts, all right? And uh, these things are meant to be, they're basically, some of them are just kind of cheesy platitudes, you know? Uh, some of them are a little bit more I love profound. Cheesy platitudes. Uh-huh. Though, yes. Uh, I don't care if it rains or freezes as long as I got my <laughs> cheesy platitudes. <laughs> okay. um, and, and, you know, and some of them are very profound and some of them are very practical and some of them are just <clears throat> profoundly sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, lots of Wing Chun people get a little Wing Chun boner about 
others walk the bow, I walk the string. Yeah. All right. I because getting boners for that. Yes, a little Wing Chun boners, yeah. but real little Wing Chun boners. All right. Uh, you know, it, it's Yan Hang Hang Gong Ngo Hang Yin. All right. So others walk the bow, I walk the string. All right. Yeah. And the idea is that, you know, the bow, as in the bow and arrow, is curved mm-hmm. and the string is a straight line. So this is like what a lot of Wing Chun people think is like a mic drop. All right. Because it's like, oh, those other stupid styles with their dumb round curved attacks. You know, how dumb are they to have not figured out the straight punch? Right. First of all, most martial arts that even the martial arts that uh, focus on round attacks, like let's say Charlie Futt, Uh also have straight punches. All right. Yeah, That's contrary profound. to popular belief, Charlie <laughs> Fett also has straight punches, all right, okay? So it's not only like the Wing Chun people found this out, right? Um, but the problem is like that is pseudo-profundity, all right? You know, because it's the Wing Chun Sifu with his arms crossed going like, oh, you know, others do round, inefficient, curved punches, and we do the straight punch, right? Um, okay, so others walk the bow, and you walk the string, okay? Jab and hook. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what happens when someone else walks the string? You're just going to keep just, doing this? Yeah. All right? And it's so funny when you, when you uh, pose that as a counter question to someone who's like, yeah, well, you know, other idiots walk the bow, we walk the string. Ah, cool. Yeah. What happens if the other person walks the string? <laughs> then they're like, then, then, oh. uh, 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 Right? Oh. Okay. Because it's only half of a statement, right? Same yeah. like Bruce Lee said, you know, uh, Wing Chun has the uh, the uh, in, in his book, his green book, the pat. The immovable elbow. Mm. But this is not true at all. All right. Okay. First of all, how do you even do a chain punch without your elbow moving? All right. No. The thing is that Bruce Lee applied it to this kind of hinge principle that when someone packs out your arm or gives you cross pressure, that your elbow more or less stays in the same place like a like a hurricane, like a whirlwind, this way here. Yeah. And the harder someone hits you, the harder this thing springs back, right? But he said, you know, Wing Chun has a but but what about bong sao to tan sao? What about chain punching? What Damn. about all the... Can you imagine if Wing Chun was really a style that didn't move its elbow? Oh, <laughs> no right? sinking elbow. So, 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 so the problem is that these things, they're either taught in an incomplete way <laughs> right. or uh, they're misunderstood by the person saying it or they're only specific for a uh, very specific context. Mm-hmm. So for example, we have a saying in Wing Chun, in WT, uh, that when the elbow moves, the stance doesn't move. And when the stance moves, the elbow doesn't move. Oh. And I remember when I learned this, it like, broke my brain. All right? Because uh, Siva Ting taught yeah. it at, a, at the 25th anniversary of the EWTO in Hockenheim, Germany, which was in uh, 2001. And I was right. there for that. It was when I was still training in, 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 at the castle. Mm. And uh, I was like, wait a minute. When hmm. the elbow moves, the stance doesn't move. When the stance moves, the elbow doesn't move. And then I was like, well, how do you step and punch? How do you do like pretty much everything we do, right? And it kind of broke my brain yeah. because he didn't fully explain like what it meant. Mm-hmm. And then like a week or two later, he was either on that seminar tour or like a little bit later that, no, it was in September or later that year, he taught uh, in Berlin. And I went and I saw him there. And then I asked him like, what was that about? Yeah. And, and he explains to me, oh, this only has to deal, deal when you're turning and when you're turning defensively. 
So if, you t- if, if you're turning offensively to attack, mm. you move your waist and, and your elbows all at the same time. Everything moves together. Yeah. When you step and punch, everything turning moves force. together. Oh, but when power. you're using certain passive techniques, then your arms are going to move first because your body's too slow. Uh-huh. You cannot outturn a punch at close range. But you can create a, a buffer with your arms. And as that power continues to come in, you can move to the side. So that means that a concept like that is not universal to all of Wing Chun. It is like very specific to one specific thing within WT. But if someone doesn't understand that, they will suddenly think, as Bruce Lee thought about the immovable elbow, that this is a universal thing about the entire Wing Chun style, right? So the problem is whenever it comes to these maxims and these sayings, you have to be very careful not to misappropriate the context mm-hmm. if you don't know the context, okay? So that's why, like, uh, you can't say, like, oh, at the beginning, you know, uh, we stick to our opponent. In the, at the advanced levels, our opponent sticks to us. Well, what does that actually mean? I mean, who said that? And what do they mean? And do they actually mean something honest with that? Mm-hmm. Or is it just the typical guru flex of, well, if you don't understand it, you're not part of the special club. Because, <laughs> because what is our job here as wow. martial art instructors? Yeah. It's our job to teach our students so that they can understand the arts, if the art is the main thing they want to do. And if self-defense is the main thing they want to do, they have to be able to apply it. So what's with all this mystical sounding bullshit? Okay. Now, I'm not saying this particular line Mm -hmm. is mystical sounding. I'm just saying if the author of this quote, all right, wherever uh, uh, Mr. Hope got it from. So the great grandfather never said this one. Well, I don't know. I never heard. Great grandmaster? Well, I Show, show me the, the, the show, show me the quote. Okay. No, the problem is everyone has a Yip Man quote, which is funny because <laughs> Yip Man only gave two interviews, two written interviews in his life. Mm. And he did a handful of newspaper like PR blurbs, okay. which are I've, I've seen most of them on the, the Hong Kong archive newspapers. They're very Yip Man is teaching Lei Koi on and there's a photo of him teaching some starlet the knives or it's just a photo there's nothing but you look at the article there's nothing of substance in there right the only uh, the only articles that really have anything of substance like substantive to what Yip Man actually said are the mm-hmm. two interviews with New Martial Hero and the first interview he just talks about uh, mostly about um, <clears throat> learning Wing Chun from Chan Wasun and how much he paid in the early days and in the second interview, the one where Leung Ting features uh, prominently, he, that's the interview where he actually explains Wing Chun about how the arm is like a, like a spring, like, like a piece of rattan, mm-hmm. and how you send your hands forward, and then like that the knife techniques are derived from the fist fighting techniques, yeah. right? Um, yeah, it's everyone just that, should see that episode. Yeah, it's, it's just that because, that. you know, people, there's a lot of haterade against Leung Ting. Haterade is and, and, and so I think that for that reason, a lot of the other Wing Chun Sifus don't promote. Like, it's like, dude, there is literally an interview with Yip Man where he explains how Wing Chun functions yeah. and what the basic setup of Wing Chun is. But it just so happens to also be the interview where Yip Man said that Leung Ting is his closed door student. And Leung Ting is, is oh, literally yeah. the guy in all the photos with Yip Man. Yeah, so, so then it's like, oh, that. no, we can't yeah. show our students this because it like legitimizes Leung Ting. It's like, OK, forget about Leung Ting. Uh-huh. You could read that article and still hate Leung Ting. Yeah. As a former Leung Ting student, you have my permission to still hate Leung Ting. But read the freaking article. It's right. Yip Man. OK. Yeah. All right. So you have those two interviews. And no such quotes exist. So where do these quotes come from? They come from students, okay, of Yip Man. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
you've been with me for a number of years. Okay. I got all the quotes. Yeah, but let's say, uh, let's say I croak next year. I know no. you hate when I say that. Shit. No. All right. Okay. Now, now, fast forward twenty-five years. I've been dead for twenty-five no. years. Okay. All right. Look, this is the Cuban side. Cuban sides. Yeah. Cuban people always talk about when I'm dead, you're yeah. gonna regret it, right? Uh, this is normal Cuban shit. Yeah. All right. Twenty-five years. I've been dead for twenty-five years. People ask you about Alex quotes. All right. Now, yeah, I got, the difference I got, is I, got many. I have a podcast, yeah. so a lot of that we stuff, Yip yeah. Man had no such thing. Uh, Yip Man had two interviews, all right? But let's pretend none of these podcasts exist, all right? Let's say you didn't meet with me every week for a couple of years to talk with me like this, damn. all right? How accurate would those quotes be? You uh, might have one or two, like if there was something I say all the time, all right? Like... But usually the only things you're going to remember are the funny things I say, like, you know, yeah. all right, that's fantastic wrapped in plastic or something <laughs> that like gonna that. That's going to be right? my one for yeah. you. <laughs> all right. But the thing is, like, but really, how many direct quotes about Wing Chun could you replicate 25 years from now? Mm. Okay. And now recognize that it's been over 50 years since Yip Man died. And most of the people who learn from Yip Man did not learn in the last few years of his life. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about people's recollections from 55 to 60, maybe 65 years ago. Okay? Maybe they gave the quote 20 years ago. Okay, fine. But then it's a 40-something-year-old quote by the time they say it. So how accurate is this stuff, right? And also, the other thing that people forget all the time is most of Yip Man's students did not speak passable English. Mm. So you have someone translating something from Chinese into basic or very poor English. Yeah. And the difference between, you know, a word choice here or there, you swap a word out in the front and in the back, it could mean something completely different. So the problem is people have so many uh, quotes that people have said that you purportedly Yip Man said but everyone, po- everyone promotes them as if, no, this is, he actually said this. How do you know? So-and-so said. Dude, you could not even produce an accurate quote of me, someone you've known for years, 25 years after I'm dead. Okay? All right? If it wasn't on video and it wasn't in an interview, uh-huh. then people need to kind of calm down with this. All right? Mm. Oh, well, so-and-so said, also said the same thing. Yes, so-and-so was copying that interview, which is where you got it from. All right. Okay. So, so the fact like someone else is copying your source, that doesn't mean the source was legitimate, right? It's because people don't understand historical method or statistics or any of these kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be very, very cautious. Even in my books, whenever I talk about something Yip Man did, I'll yeah. always say like purportedly. <clears throat> All right. Well, because you can't say, oh, Yip Man said that. How do I know what Yip Man said at any particular time? No, no one does. Yeah. All right. So, so the problem is, okay, we need to be like mindful of that. Now, when it comes to this quote, all right, without knowing who said it, why they said it, if this was an honest quote, or this is a, if you don't understand it, you might not be in the club quote. It's very difficult to determine this quote on its face value. Okay. What does it mean? What does it is mean? It, is it pseudo profundity? Is it actually profound? Is it just a flex that, oh, I know something you don't, all right? Which is usually the case in Chinese martial arts because it's never about helping the other person. It's always about showing how much you know. Mm. And if you're good enough to me, I'll show you one day, maybe, sorta, all right? Which is 
you go to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school and they want you to be able to do this stuff yeah. and understand it. Go to a Kung Fu school or a Wing Chun school and they want you to squirm that you're never good enough and never quite know enough. And that's just to keep the Sifu in control. And that's horseshit. That's absolute horseshit. And that stuff has not helped Smells. Chinese martial arts. It hasn't helped Chinese martial arts. When people talk about the state of Chinese martial arts, and we talked about this recently on the rank, uh, the, where the, we should have a ranking system with the Sifu Tofer's yeah. question, right? Um, which, by the way, his podcast is that other Wing Chun guy. We didn't remember it last time, right? Yeah, right, right, So right, right. follow our boy uh, Tofer, Sifu Tofer, Shout at out. Uh, uh, that out other Tof. Wing Chun guy podcast. Shout right? out to Tofer. So uh, this whole idea of having these like sayings that you might get or might not get, but it sounds like I got it out of a fortune cookie because I'm like a mini Confucius, all right? Uh, look around. Has Chinese Kung Fu benefited from this kind of nonsense or not? All right. So anyway, mm. that was like a huge 20 minute throat clearing. Mm. So I can finally mm. so I can finally get to the question. All right. Uh, I don't think the quote is true. Hmm. All right. I'm, I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that someone didn't say it. So you I'm saying the sen- I'm, I'm saying the sentiment. OK. Is uh, is a bit fallacious because your opponents, uh, if we're talking about uh, your training partner, usually not, but your opponent on the street is under zero obligation to do anything to you. Yeah. They don't have to stick to your arms. No. They don't even have to get close to you. No. This is the thing that Wing Chun people have a hard time understanding. They do a lot of cheese out and stick and all this cool stuff, and then when they fight, the other guy's like backing away and not wanting to do any of it. Mm-hmm. And then what they realize at that point is they haven't sharpened any of the other skills necessary for that exchange, like having a really solid punch or a solid kick or a solid clinch game. What do you do with someone who refuses to stick to your arms? All right, for someone who's moving around your arms. Okay? Or straight running from you. Well, straight running, if he doesn't want to fight, you let him run. Don't do what Bruce Lee did and no. chase him and punch him in the back of the head, right? Aye, aye, aye. Um, only for Leo Fong to say, Bruce told me after that fight, if only I had learned hooks and uppercuts, I could have done other punches instead of the chain, but as if Bruce didn't already have a boxing match by the time he fought Wong Jack Man. I know. All right? Um, know. It's ridiculous. Everyone has their own spin on everything, right? <laughs> oh, and it just so happened that I was a boxer and I could teach Bruce Lee some boxing. Well, isn't that convenient, all right? Oh. Um, the, the, the idea is that your opponent is under no obligation to stick to your arms, to stay in front of you while you punch the shit out of them, uh, to not try to grab you, tackle you, kick, or whatever, right? So the thing is that cheese out, while, while it's one of the most important skills we have because we're close, when you're at an extremely close range, the last thing you want to be doing is blocking stuff piecemeal out of the air because human reaction time is simply not reliable for that. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> at distance, when you we're see We're not a, cats. Exactly. We have souls, all right? <laughs> um, that's how we're different from cats. Um, you know, at distance, when a puncher kick comes at you, okay, you can see based on the lead how the guy is moving when he comes at you. You can, you can use your visual reactions at distance and take an angle, move to the side, come in, close the gap, whatever, right? But once you're in close, you, you can't really reliably block stuff out of the air, all right? So what do we try to do in Wing Chun? We try to stick to our opponent's arms so we know where they are. We know if he's retreating, pushing in holding, doing all these things, and through our cheese out training, we hopefully have a, <clears throat> a suitable method to handle what's going on. But your opponent can also just decide to pull their hands back, can decide to back away, can decide to not touch your hands. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to force someone to stick to you, especially someone who's not indoctrinated in sticking? 
Okay. So <clears throat> there I have a problem because there I feel like it sounds very profound. Mm. But that sounds like Wing Chun on Wing Chun. You just got to slap. Yeah, you're, you're, you're and, sticking and, you're sticking to your partner in Wing Chun practice so you can feel them. Right. And when you get much better than them, you put them in these situations where they're like panicking and you force them to stick to you because they're Wing Chun people who are indoctrinated and sticking. Yeah. Your opponent on the street may just pull their hands back and decide to punch you. Yeah, so of course, if you're fighting someone, they're under no obligation to stick to your hands. They can pull their hands unless back, you, they can run away. Unless you're slathered in Gorilla Glue. Yeah, well then, but then you also have a That'd problem. That would be my tactic. All right, then you also have a problem, all right? <laughs> you stick to your own hands, your arms get stuck like this. Exactly. <laughs> like, then you Yo. got the little T-Rex thing going on, right? <laughs> yeah, but oh, so, so the problem is, it, it, I think it's assuming what happens to a lot of Wing Chun people. Mm -hmm. If you get really good at Chi Sao, and you only train with Wing Chun people, or you only in your Wing Chun school, let's say your training is only Wing Chun versus Wing Chun. That's why, you know, aye, that's why here one of the things we do is like even, you know, all of our sparring is Wing Chun versus non Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. The other guy's attacking you like a non Wing Chun person, or but even in Chi Sao, when we do Go Sao or Lat Sao, the free sparring, we can go, okay, you're gonna mix your Chi Sao sparring, and your partner can back away and give you a swing or try to tackle you or put you in a headlock, right? If you're not practicing your Wing Chun with the threat of, non-Wing Chun stuff coming at you. And by non-Wing Chun stuff, I don't just mean like a swing or a tackle, but the person just pulling their hands away. Yeah. All right, and you have to go forward and either hit or seek contact or clinch. Then you're really assuming that everyone is going to have a Wing Chun-esque approach to fighting, right? Aye, aye, aye. And so what do we do when our opponent doesn't want to stick to us? Um, well, that's why you have to have striking tools mm -hmm. that are powerful, um, but also, you then have to induce sticking. And usually, what do you do against a completely non-compliant opponent? You clinch them. Neck pull control, you have to clinch them, all right? And clinching with the neck pulling hand is part of Wing Chun. You know, single hand clinch, elbow lifting punch, all these kind of things, right? So are you making your opponent stick to you when you grab their head? All right, no, all right? You are inducing it, right? So I don't, I don't think, I just think it sounds cool but I think it's 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 a it's a maybe a true statement within the bubble or within the walled garden, the very high walled garden of Wing Chun. It does sound profound. All right, yeah, but only within the four very very high walls, <laughs> inside those protected high walls of Wing Chun. Right. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, you touch someone's hand, they just pull back and clobber you one. Right. They're not even thinking. Who of would come up with that? Who do you suspect came up with that? I don't know. Well, it could be anyone. I'm yeah. not saying it's not true in certain contexts. Right. Okay. I'm just saying uh, it doesn't sound universal. Have you ever heard it before? Uh, I've, I've, found, I've heard a lot of variations of similar things. Okay. But if it's not useful, I don't retain it. Mm -hmm. All right? Because if it's like pie in the sky, oh, in 30 years when you fully internalize Wing Chun, that, well, I care about what helps me now. Yeah. Because... <clears throat> the only moment you have is the present. Mm -hmm. That's it. The future is a construct. The past is also based on your present. So in the past, you never heard Learn Ting say this or anything like it. No, does okay. not does not see the Learn Ting style of teaching. He doesn't uh, say this kind of he silly say stuff. These kind of <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. He's, he's, he's very, I mean, like people have their issues with him. I've had my issues with him or whatever. But as a teacher, mm -hmm. he um, <clears throat> he generally is pretty pragmatic and straightforward. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have lots of pie-in-the-sky, yeah. Confucius-sounding oh, sh shit that comes out of his mouth, right? Wow. Um, sometimes he'll put some of that stuff in books. Okay. 
like that, like that ZenCon, like Sang, like the 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 real faces faceless, where he's talking about the abstract concept of the wooden dummy, and I talk about that in my wooden dummy book, uh, available in right. our pro shop, link below. Uh, I talk about that, you know, um, but he doesn't walk around in, while he's like teaching that. you the wooden dummy and go, the real face is faceless. <laughs> not, I can't even see him doing no, that. no, 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 it's no. So strange. No, he 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 he'll write that in his book, mm -hmm. you know. But when he teaches it to you, it's like you know, don't yeah, don't think the right arm is always the right arm. It could also be the left arm uh -huh. or some other shit. <laughs> uh, don't don't uh, uh, don't assume something about the dummy, okay? Otherwise, you are the dummy, okay? Are <laughs> you, <otherwise laughs> it's you very are the very dummy. way like. Yeah, but yeah. then in his book, he's like, yeah. it's like the Zen koan, right? The real face is faceless, right? So he, he I mean, just like everyone else, even yeah. like when I write my books, it's yeah. like a much clean like, yeah. cleaner. I don't mean in terms of like expletives. Mm -hmm. I mean just like it's. You, when when you write stuff, it's mm -hmm. it's not the same as when you say what's, what's it. What's right? cool about when you teach, you adapt to your students. <clears throat> yes, you, you speak their students' language. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, yeah. to be an effective communicator, you yeah. cannot just have one mode, right? No. Yeah, but you got to work on your British accent when you teach me. <laughs> Sounds a bit like Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> As long as the idea gets across yeah. that I think the accent is ridiculous, yeah. I've affected commu uh, effectively communicated. How yes, dare yes, you, yes, sir? Yes. How uh -huh. dare you? He speaks the yeah. jargon without the That's accent. That's right. That's a lovely accent. <laughs> what is that, New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> so listen, mate, this is your bong sao, yeah? And then you've got to do the arrow step a bit further forward like that, right? But don't forget. No, 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 no. Give way. Give way, Gorblimey Governor. Wow. Knock on the head. He's really good at that. Like if you close your was, eyes, you can, you really that wouldn't a think Jersey that he accent? you really wouldn't think that he's from Jersey. All right. <laughs> so uh, what's the next question we got there, Dre? Let's let's open the iPad. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. He's got one job. That's it, man. That's Did it. you let the iPad close, Dre? Of course. Why wouldn't I? I'm you, you got those dangling yeah, keys? Yeah, I've got the keys. I'm going to get Dre. a laser pointer out again. Dre, here, focus, focus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so easily distracted. Uh, it's, it's 2023. That's what we do. Yes, go. That's what we do, us, us younger generation. Us Gen Zs. He's, he's older freaking than older both than, of us. He's older than both of I'm, us. I'm, I'm yeah. a Gen Z, bro. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. You made a pact with the devil. Calm down, millennial. <laughs> Martin Pravi. Okay, Shh. boomer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Hey, Kung Fu Genius fans. If you like what we do here, please consider supporting us on Patreon. For as little as five bucks a month, you'll get early access to episodes and other goodies not posted on the Kung Fu Genius channel. With higher levels of support, you can get your name in the description, a live chat with me, or at the baller level, you even get your own personal KFG episode with me as my guest. The link to our Patreon page is in the description of this episode below. Patreons have a direct link to chat with me and get first dibs on any questions for Ask Me Any episodes. Click on the link in the description for our Patreon page for more information, and I'll see you on Patreon. Greetings, Sifu Alex slash KFG. Okay. Can you talk about the Wing Chun warrior mindset? And we can be successful outside the WT universe with a warrior mentality and how? Mm, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll just take issue with one thing. All oh, right? shoot. Even though he's a Patreon supporter. I love you. All right. Oh, shoot. I, I, I really don't like the term warrior. 
when applied to people who just do martial arts at a martial arts school <laughs> in 2023. Um, you know who's in Warrior? Our boy, he's, he's literally just, just bounced from USA. What are you talking about? Our boy. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, we're, no, we're, not, getting, we're not getting political here. Oh, we're not getting, we are not getting political oh, here. Oh, exactly oh, right oh, now, exactly. oh, now I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Exactly right? you're talking about. Yo, 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 Dre. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. All right, no, take I, it easy. I, I love, I love we are not going to discuss him. conflicts in other parts of the world. All right? Oh, damn. That's not what the KFG podcast is about. True, true, right? true. Yeah. Or my well, own students I taking part in these things. All right? That is not... No, don't... No, no. No. All right? Dre, Zip we it. are Switzerland. Zip it. All right? <laughs> Switzerland. We are, we are Switzerland. Which means we are... We are it out. No, no, which means we're neutral on these things. Oh, I love right? it. Yes. I realized he didn't quite understand what you meant by that. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I love Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese D. Zip it. Zip it. Can you talk? Okay, I'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> we got the deck. Here, 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 here. Give them to me. Give them to me. Dre, focus. Okay. Focus. All right, All keys. Right. We got keys here. All right, All okay. Right. All right. All right, so. <laughs> Jesus. The keys close. All right. Keep yeah, the keep the keys close. close. All right, you're That's Dre closer. All right. <laughs> okay. T-shirt. Let's get to the question. All right. All right, okay. You need so, me to reread it? No. All right. All right, I need you to zip it. Put a lock on it. Pull the key out, throw it over there that way. Yeah, when it comes time, I'll, Mikey can I'll retrieve the key. Up, 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 up. That's another one scene from Austin Powers, right? Okay, okay. Let me get to the question. Okay. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. All right, okay. So uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the term warrior. I think it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a very meme thing. You know, people put on memes like, you know, the real warrior isn't the one who goes into battle, but, you know, fights every day with the demons inside them or whatever. Like, um, so uh, uh, regardless of what people's opinions are about uh, arms conflict, mm. all right, um, people actually go and engage in life and death battles with weapons against other people who are really trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. uh, they are warriors. Yeah. Okay. Uh, regardless of whether you agree with that or not, uh -huh. uh, agree with the war itself, right? Um, the person who gets up every day and struggles with self-confidence issues, struggles with depression, struggles okay. with all those kind of things is just a human being. Oh. Okay. All right. Because every single person Man. has struggles to deal with because it is these struggles and, and if we can frame them as tests, though, no one is testing us. Every, you have these whether you want them or not, all okay. right? Um, how you handle these things uh, will pretty much determine the quality of your life in most cases, all right? Obviously, there are extreme cases. You can do nothing, right? Um, but those struggles that we all go through, they just unify us as human beings, to say, like, I'm a warrior because every day I'm battling depression, okay? No, man, you're battling depression, all right? Okay. If you're going out in the trenches and stabbing a dude with a bayonet, then you're a warrior, okay? Okay. All right? Uh, if you are disciplined and you get up and you do your morning routine, right, and you tackle all of life's problems and you handle stuff head on, then you're just doing a good job of handling life, but I still yeah. wouldn't call you a warrior, all right. Okay. Uh, I, I think I think it's you're a disciplined it, person. You're a disciplined person who has a good 
system of dealing with life's adversities. But the okay. idea like, yo, bro, I'm a warrior because I fight, bro. What do you fight? <laughs> Every day I fight the demons in my head, bro. Yeah. Yes? Congratulations. You're like the rest of us. Oh, man. Okay, all right? Uh, we all are dealing with struggle, all right? But leave the term warrior to people who actually go out and... And try to kill war. other people okay. and fight war and things yeah. like that, right? It's kind of like someone saying they're a model and finding out they have an OnlyFans. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, or they say they're a model, but they're like a foot model or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. I'm a sniper on Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm a oh, quarterback wow. on, on fantasy football, yeah, right? Fantasy football, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so so thing is, I, I, I feel like <laughs> the term warrior is a little cheesy when ap- applied to... People who just do martial arts for fun. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, oh, my God. And uh, same way people say, like, oh, I'm a fighter. Oh, so you fight professionally or you fight regularly in a ring against other people? No, I just mean, like, I fight. No, then you're like everyone else. Damn. Okay. The thing is that when you have something like martial arts, Damn. You, you can use them as a template to tackle those very same problems outside of your martial arts gym. Because let's face it, most of the problems we face in our daily lives have nothing to do with someone going jab, jab, uh, single leg takedown. Okay? As much as we love to practice the martial arts and learn how to fight against these different things, um, on the day-to-day, it's not not GSP's distance jab into takedowns that you're worried about, okay? It's... It's your job, it's your financial situation, it's the people in your life, it's uh, what, you know, what are you going to do today, what are you going to do tomorrow, okay? Well, I got to say, man, you're ruining that for me. Mm-hmm. My favorite wrestler was the ultimate warrior, and he fought life, as he would say. And now I'm just, like, deflated about the ultimate warrior. Yeah, especially... he was the ultimate especially, warrior to me. Yeah, but, but that's even a well, worse example because he, he was a warrior of fake fighting, all right? So, I mean... He was a warrior of prescription drugs. Yes, that is a... Uh, that is a... That is not a great analogy, all right? But that's how... I, okay. He was the ultimate... So that, the weekend right? warrior. Weekend warrior, right? So anyway, uh, so I, I just think, like, using the term warrior is a little overblown mm. even using the term fighter mm. all right why do people need to define themselves with these things that make them sound more tough or manly because mm. they're going through something difficult yeah all right that's just our common humanity you can you can tackle all of life's problems head on you have to say yeah, i'm a warrior because like you know i pay my bills the moment they come in all right <laughs> i mean like take it, take it easy take it easy all right Okay? Yeah, I'm a warrior because I don't take shit from my boss. Yeah, yeah. When he told me, like, those papers are due at 9, I brought them there at 9.05 because I'm a warrior. Yo. Yo. Take it easy. All right? Uh, But all jokes aside, all right? Uh, Martial arts teach us Mm. um, problem solving. Okay. Okay. Uh, in in most martial arts schools, the problem solving aspect is dealing with uh, someone trying to punch, kick, grab, push, or pull you, or, or power bomb, or or, or 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 some combination of those things. Mm-hmm. And so you have to learn in an adaptive fashion how to deal with those different things in a way that you minimize the injury and damage to yourself, 
and increase your general level of safety and get out of there hopefully with the least amount of injuries, right? Mm. It's not just about knocking the other guy out or incapacitating the other guy. It's about self-preservation, right? So uh, life is very much like that. It's not about taking out life's enemies so much as it's about surviving and being able to move on to the next thing and, and, and finding intelligent ways around uh, adversity, all right, just like we try to do in Wing Chun. But the thing is that that is not, ex like, look, I'm a Wing Chun Sivu, and I love Wing Chun, but that's not something exclusive to Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. Talk to any Brazilian jiu-jitsu person, and they will tell you that they see jiu-jitsu in their daily lives, the push-pull of life, right? The control, the staying, the waiting for your opportunity, the not rushing. But all those things I just said, you could apply to Wing Chun. Okay. All right? The going at the right opportunity, not rushing, all right? You could say the same Man. thing about karate. You could say the same thing about judo. You could say the same thing about gardening. Yeah. All right. It's it's like a it's like a Victor Frankl. Uh, he was a Holocaust survivor, and he wrote this amazing book called um, uh, "Man's Man's Search for Meaning." I think is the name of the book. I read it many years ago, and uh, he he basically talked about how how some people were able to go through something like the. Um, like the, the Second World War, like like being you know put into a camp, and some people were able to get through that mentally, and other people were very understandably so broken. Mm. And he later, I think, he became a psychologist or psychotherapist or something like that. And he said that, or and I'm very loosely paraphrasing again. It's been years since I read his book, so you know the details may not be exactly correct, but this is the basic sentiment um, that he. Uh, the people who are able to get through the adversity of something as horrific as that had something to live for. They had something that they used to ascribe meaning to their lives. And okay. for some people, it could be like a religion. For some people, it could be a family member. For some people, it could be their martial arts training. For some people, it could be their yoga practice. The truth is, Wing Chun has no exclusivity on this. As much as we as Wing Chun people are like, oh, you know, Wing Chun teaches us to go forward. But if we, you know, so if we use the Wing Chun principles as a metaphor for life, Wing Chun teaches us to go forward and be, be proactive, which you have to, right? But when you run into an adversity, you're going to stick and stay, find out, listen a little bit. And then try to find a workaround, yield to opposing force, and when there's an opportunity, you go back forward again, right? Yeah, but you could create almost an identical paradigm out of any other martial art, mm. okay? Mm. Uh, and and it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of steps to do that from karate, from judo, from gardening, from yoga, because any pursuit that requires you to struggle a little bit to get it or to do it will be a metaphor for life. It doesn't matter what it is. So, you, you know, you can, you can find, uh, I'm just using the term loosely, you, could, you can find zen in pizza making. You can find zen yeah. in cooking. You can find zen in motorcycle mechanics, all right? Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance, right? <laughs> the, th the thing is that it's, it's, it's about finding meaning in something. And oftentimes, if that thing is something you have to work a little hard to get good at, or work a little hard to do, or there's a little bit of struggle, that by default becomes a perfect metaphor for dealing with your struggles in your daily life. It's not exclusively a Wing Chun thing. It's because Wing Chun people, they see those parallels, and they go, wow, isn't Wing Chun amazing? But you would talk to a jiu-jitsu guy and hear the mm -hmm. same thing. Karate guy, hear the same thing. You know, you find uh, someone who is just, is a computer programmer, and they write code, 
And that's like all they do. And they just, they find this meaning in it. Yeah. And you don't understand writing code. You don't understand why that would be meaningful, but like what that does for that person is it gives them a metaphor and they might use code writing as a metaphor for dealing with difficult people if they can internalize it. Now, that's not to say everyone who does martial arts internalizes it for use outside of the school or everyone that does yoga or computer programming or motorcycle maintenance. But if you go deeply into pretty much any pursuit that you have to struggle to get good at, struggle to do, or struggle to keep, mm -hmm. any pursuit, you can use that as a template to improve your life. And that's what I have to say about that. And you don't need to call yourself a warrior because we all Damn. struggle, all right? That's just our shared humanity. Let the warriors be the people who actually fight. Let the fighters be the people who actually fight in the ring or professionally. <laughs> oh, right. And it's okay to just say, I'm a martial artist. I do martial arts. I practice martial arts. And you don't need these extra... You know, when people say like, oh, you see for Richter, you know, he's like, he's like a real warrior. I, I, I feel it's like the cheesiest thing in the world to say. Mm. Uh, and I also feel it's very disrespectful for people who put their life out on the line to really fight for a cause. Like, not talking about anything specifically. I'm saying like someone who actually goes out there and is willing to risk their life for a cause. Uh, that person's a warrior, man. I just teach Wing Chun for a living. Yeah. All right. Take it easy. Right. <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, next question. All right, next question is uh, Matt. All right. All right. Great podcast, guys. Thank you. Thank you. As a non-WC guy, I still find gold. That's amazing. Always believe in your soul. Yeah. Well, it's amazing how many uh, non-Wing Chun and even non-Jeet Kune Do people listen to our uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, pretty amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. We get some bakers. Yeah. That, that listen to us too. I love that part. Yes. What was Bruce Lee's opinion on Kali? Wow. Arnis Eskrema FMA. Eskrema. What? You don't like the word Eskrema? What does FMA stand for? It's, FMA? Yeah, it's a test. Filipino martial arts. Yes. Yes. I, I have to tell the guy who comes from a JKD concept school. <laughs> <laughs> Before he started Wing Chun with me. Why? FMA, Filipino martial arts. Why? All right. Yeah. You probably had that written on your shirt along with the 80 other martial yeah. arts that you were learning. Oh, God. Yeah. Is, don't remind me. Shout out why to JKD Concepts. Why did he have this opinion? I am sure Dan Inosanto had something to do with this. Also, you have mentioned in the past about Kali in European WC, and as a movement practice. As a Kali practitioner myself, do you feel this is a good adjunct to other arts? Thanks in advance. Yeah, great question. Um, They're all great questions, they're, man. They're, well, because these are our Patreons. Patreons it's a different are, level of quality yeah. than YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> great. We've just alienated a half our audience. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, like, a lot of our YouTube commenters are also our Patreons. Yeah. And as it turns out, most of the questions we answered on YouTube also happen to come from people who then later or at that time were already supporting us on yeah. Patreon anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just like, yeah, Bruce Lee didn't do no drugs. What do you got to say about that, KFG? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do an episode on that. No, sorry. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know very humble for someone who calls himself Kung Fu genius. Uh-huh. 
Am yeah. I gonna have to explain this again for the 80th time? Yeah. Uh, so, well, first of all, I cannot say what Bruce Lee thought about uh, Arnis Eskrima, Filipino martial like arts. No one was in his head. Damn. Um, the truth is, you've known me now for many, many years. All right? Would you agree? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I die tomorrow. All right? Oh, man. Okay? <laughs> 20, 20, 25 years. And look, and you were not just like one of my students. You're an instructor. You, you've, you've traveled with me. And you did a podcast with me for two and a half years until my untimely demise, right? 25 years go by. And someone says... Uh, your Sivu, he used to spend a lot of time with Mak Sivu in Hong Kong. Uh, what, what, was, what was your Sivu's opinion of Hungar? Oh, wow. Now tell, now tell them. Oh, wow. And not, you couldn't even answer that today. Yeah. You know that I have a favorable opinion of Mak Sivu and of Chinese of course, martial arts in general. And stuff, but, but about but, Hungar, But yeah, would you know that's, specifically that's... what I... And you know we probably would be positive. Mm-hmm. But would you know specifically what I would have to say about it? I would have to put some serious thought into that Yeah, but you, but you wouldn't be able to do it. No. You wouldn't be able to say, my Sivu thought Hungar was da 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 and then come out with like five bullet points that you could defend. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to do that today, and you sure shit wouldn't be able to do it in 25 years. So the problem is, um, most of these questions about what did Bruce Lee think about XYZ mm. fall into that exact same category. Even if you were Bruce Lee's boy, okay, like Dan Inosanto, like some other people at various times in his life, um, I think you would be very hard-pressed to say anything beyond uh, Bruce and I had a conversation about this a couple times, which gave me the idea that he thought this and this was okay. But beyond that, you actually can't say anything. Bruce Lee thought XYZ was really great, and he was looking to da 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 By the time you start free-flowing your speech mm-hmm. about what someone else thought, I, th- I know you're making it up. Interesting. Because if someone asked me, all right, uh, Dre's your boy, what does he think about young MC? <laughs> all right? And now we're talking, but, here, but the reason why I'm making that uh, analogy yeah. is because I know what you think of young MC. Damn. As opposed to like, if someone asked me what... Uh, uh, He's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, but if someone asked me 25 years from now, what, what did Dre think about uh, um, Tone Loke, all right? I wouldn't be able to say anything. And if I started, like, pontificating, well, Tone Loke was, like, part of the blah, 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 blah then I would have to be lying. Yeah. Okay? Oh, because no. I'll tell you why. If it's something that I actually know, like Young MC... Whether you ask me today, tomorrow, or 25 years from now, I'll say, oh, my God, Dre hated Young MC. <laughs> and I would play Bust a Move all the time just to piss him off. <laughs> and I never quite understood why he didn't like Young MC. Damn. And, Damn. and Dre, that would be all I could say. Yeah. But if I'm like going, well, you have to understand that, well, like, you know, Dre uh, was really big in a hip hop and then there was a and there was all this filler mm-hmm. and then there's all this other stuff. And like, so I believe that because, you know, Young MC was a bit of a one hit wonder. And like, if you really listen to his lyrics, they don't have the same level of like a, you know, a Rakim or like a guru or whatever. But yeah. the moment I start doing all this stuff. This is my projection of why you don't like Young MC. Yeah, I never really explained. No, you never explained it. So all I could say is, 
Oh, he hated Young MC, but I used to play Bust the Move all the time to clown him. And I would be able to say those two lines. Okay. And when people start to wax poetic about what Bruce Lee thought about XYZ, uh, if they were not someone who is extremely close to Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. you have to go, okay, this is secondhand information that's now being bloated by pontifications. Mm-hmm. All right. And if it's someone who knew Bruce Lee, and they go on and on about something, I go, how much of this is their take on what they thought Bruce Lee liked versus how much of this is really what Bruce Lee thought or said? Okay. So the problem is that there are limits of human cognition when dealing with explaining someone else's point of view. You just can't. You can, you can point to trends, you know, uh, in someone's life, and you can point to incidents, but you can't say Bruce Lee thought blah. You can't. Mm. How do you know? All right. You, 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 you can't even honestly say why you like or don't like things yourself. Okay. Tell me why you really don't like young MC. All right. It would boil down to, I think he's whack. I think he sucks. Yeah. It wouldn't be a 10 page essay. You understand what I'm saying? It would just be like, I just didn't like the song. I don't like it. I thought he was cheesy. I don't like his voice. I don't, I don't like, like his, his video. I don't like anything. His voice is... Like everything about it, right? But you see, <laughs> it's not... But, but the, what I'm, the point I'm making, Drake, it's yeah. not a dissertation. Okay. It's, it's not a thesis. It's not a college paper. It's like, I don't fucking like it. So, I could probably simple. give you a 10 page dissertation on why I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers, though. Oh. Yeah, but that's a lo- but that's low-hanging fruit, sir. Oh, All that's right? That's you easy. I can, right? I can give you a 50-page dissertation why I hate you 2 and Coldplay. Oh... Oh, but Bono is a perfect human being. Why would you <gasps> even? How dare you, sir? Why uh-huh. would you even go there? Yeah. Why would you? The dude ever... from Coldplay named his daughter Apple. Yeah. He's he so consciously cool. uncoupled from his ex-wife. They are pricks. Yes, they are. Uh, so anyway, um, so so the problem is I I can't answer the first part. What did Bruce Lee think about the what? <laughs> All right, because I couldn't say that about I, anyone that I knew personally. I'm curious. All right? Like, he did practice Kali? Well, so the problem is, even the answer to that question yeah. depends on who you ask. Oh, So within, wow. within the JKD world, as yeah. you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh-huh. You have the original JKD peeps mm. who basically just do the... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, and every time I tiptoe into the tulips of JKD politics, they're like, no, oh, you're not really defining it. Broad strokes, all, all right? Because no one gives a shit. Want. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. They want you to tiptoe through the tulips. All right? Uh, original JKD people who purport to practice the Jeet Kune Do that Bruce Lee he himself practiced. Uh-huh. And Jeet Kune Do concepts people, usually from the Dan and Asanto camp, who purport to follow the ideas and concepts and principles of JKD uh, but are not bound to any particular style or expression as mm. long as they kind of keep it within a certain framework or whatever, right? So a modern JKD concepts person uh, would have a little bit of like uh, the Junfan kickboxing, a little bit of trapping, a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a little bit of Filipino martial arts, a little bit of, I don't know, Irish bullwhip, whatever, right? As long as, as, long as, <laughs> yeah. it, as, long as it fits into the JKD framework, it's all Irish JKD, bullwhip. right? Yeah. And then there are people who are like, you know, big Bruce Lee heads, and they're like, no, all right, that's Bruce Lee didn't do, uh, didn't practice African martial arts, didn't do savat, whatever. And then the, the, then the problem is then it ends up, the whole Bruce Lee, all of these Bruce Lee questions end up taking a form which is very similar to 
religious discourse. You know, mm. you can you can take a book like like the Bible and quote mine it for quotes that are pleasant sounding, for quotes that are awful, mm-hmm. for atrocities, for nice sounding platitudes. You can you can quote mine and find whatever you want because it is is a com- completely contradictory book with stuff that's all over the place, right? Okay. Well, Bruce Lee's notes were his notes that he took on many different types of books. So he had some notes from his book like Asian Fighting Arts where he wrote book notes about Thai boxing and this and that or whatever. And then people look at their notes and they go, look, Bruce Lee was studying Thai boxing. Well, he took notes from a book that he read. But what do you know about why he wrote that down? All right, it was like my, my late uh, podcast partner, Big Sean Madigan. He, he made this point many times. It's like people look at a note that Bruce Lee wrote and they go, see, this meant that Bruce Lee was doing this. And you don't know, as I was saying before, how you can never get into the mind of someone else. Um, you don't know why he wrote that down. Mm. Maybe he wrote that down because he thought it was interesting. Maybe he wrote that down because he thought, hmm, if someone does this attack against me, how would I defend it? I need to think about that. But the person goes, oh, look, Bruce Lee was studying this low kick in Thai boxing. Mm. And maybe Bruce was going off. Oh, someone gave me a low kick. How would I handle that? It's like if I wrote, this is a jam for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell yeah, us. Basically saying, never put this in a rhyme. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I'd like to add one other dissertation on Phil Collins, too. Jesus. All right. Uh, <laughs> leave the man alone. He's a genius. He All is right? a genius. No, you're a genius. He's a prick. He's not a prick. He's a musical genius. How with, like dare the likes you. of Stevie Wonder. He's the genesis of <gasps> yes. genius. He's oh, the genesis oh, of oh, genius. Dear, oh, yeah. dear God. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Yes. What? Yes. How dare you use his name in the same You're just upset because Wonder. you can't dance. All right. So, <clears throat> I Come get on. it. Come on. All right? Come on. Uh, the only thing about him is the way that he talks. Yeah. All Philip right? Bailey thought the same thing. Okay. Do you, do, you, do you want us to do this again? Because we will murder you with Phil Collins. <laughs> I will we stop would. talking about this topic, <laughs> and I will just go full Phil Collins nuclear missile oh, on man. you. All right? Oh, man. I'll do it. Oh, man. All right? Careful where you want to go. All right? Do not besmirch the name of Phil Collins on my podcast. How dare you. All right? How dare you. The man is a genius. He's up That's there right. with the... Yeah, with Stevie Wonder, Elton John. Johnny Cash. Yeah. Elvis. All right, all okay. Of all uh, of them. MJ. All right. Anthony Kiedis. He's up there with all of them, all right? <laughs> okay, <Yes>. so. <laughs> let me get to this question. Well put. All right, so anyway, uh, this poor, poor guy asking us about a scream on. We're just dilly-dallying <laughs> on this question here, right? Uh, so the thing is that we don't know beyond maybe some notes that Bruce Lee did. Like, you don't really know what he thought about it. Mm. Obviously, Dan and Asanto introduced some kind of Filipino martial arts to him. I don't remember any photos of, of Bruce. No, but you have the films. Don't forget, in Enter the Dragon, Bruce uses the he two sticks. He did use the two sticks. Okay. I agree. Yes, and also but in Game of Death. True. Yeah, and he also did. while, while you know, in, in doing like the, the bamboo stick and mm-hmm. this and, uh, versus single stick and the nunchucks and stuff in his fight scene with Dan and Asanto. Yeah. So it's, it's very clear that obviously uh, Bruce had been exposed to it. But how do we know but, that Bruce just didn't think it was something that looked cool in the movies? In the movies. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm thinking. Like. Okay, now me personally, uh, to, to go back to the question there, in, in the European Wing Chun organization in the late 70s, yeah. um, Sivu Kanspecht, uh, 
started a relationship with a guy named uh, uh, Rene Latoza, so, uh, the mm. late Rene Latoza, who's an expert in Escrima from Stockton, California, like the Diaz oh, brothers. Love right? it, love it. And uh, um, it was seemingly the perfect fit. Um, although Siva Langting hated it, all right? <laughs> the fact that, like, in the European Wing Chun organization, you had Wing Chun WT and, like, Latoza Eskrima, mm. and they were kind of, like, two arts that were offered in the EWTO and looked like they were both on equal footing. Um, that really pissed off Siva Langting, you know? Um, because he just thought, like, no... He thought like the he thought it was a bit of a betrayal on the EWTO's part. Mind wow. you, that didn't stop him from collecting money from the EWTO. <laughs> but he thought it was like, hey, you're supposed to represent my Wing Chun. Why are you putting a, a Filipino martial art uh, on the same pedestal as my Wing Chun, right? Mm. And uh, the truth is, it never really was that way in the EWTO. Um, and and many uh, EWTO or Lengteng Wing Chun haters say like, oh, those guys in Europe were mixing Eskrima and Wing Chun. And that was never the case. I tell you that because I trained in Europe for three years. Okay. That, w- that was like a church and state division. Okay. Right. Wing Chun was taught as Wing Chun. And Eskrima was taught separately in separate classes. Mm. The only time the, the two ever met was occasionally when we were doing stick defense. Stick defense. Okay. Or if you learned stick defense and you had done some Eskrima, you could give better stick fighting attacks or you could maybe see different ways of doing it than in the classical Wing Chun way, right? Mm. But they were never mixed, all right? But the idea was that because traditionally the weapons come very late in Wing Chun, all right? You're, right. you're not going to learn the pole or the knives until you've been around for a minute. And in terms of practical self-defense, it makes sense for people to know how to use uh, basic everyday found items as weapons, right? So everything that you learn with a single stick could be applied to uh, an umbrella that you have in your hands, could mm-hmm. be applied to a rolled up newspaper or a rolled up a magazine. And rolled up newspapers would be pretty useless. Uh, but a, <laughs> a, a, a rolled up magazine, right, okay. um, could be applied to, um, you know, all sorts of found objects, a, a baseball bat, a lead pipe, whatever you find, right? Whatever you find. Um, and you could use those skills to defend yourself against armed or unarmed opponents. So from a practical perspective, it totally makes sense to learn Filipino martial arts, right? Uh, especially if you have a good instructor who understands uh, that it's... Because in, in some Filipino martial arts, it can go really overboard with all the patterns. Mm-hmm. So if you see these guys doing all this stuff here, and if you just threw a wrench in there, they would fall apart, right? The idea is that you need to learn how to move according to how your opponent moves and not just go into these five basic patterns. And then when someone doesn't do their part, uh, the whole thing falls apart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a very good practical, um, whether it's Arnie's Kali or Screamer or whatever, if you have a good practical instructor who, who knows how to do it, maybe does it with some sparring with foam, foam sticks and things like that, it's very good for self-defense. From a movement perspective, okay. it's fantastic. Because coordinating, especially with two weapons in your hands, or like two same weapons, or two asymmetrical weapons, like a sword and a buckler, right? Or a long stick and a dagger, right? Mm. That stuff's really good for your brain and your move, like your, your whole ability to be coordinated, right? And anything you do that improves your coordination um, improves you athletically in general, not okay. just specifically for the thing you're doing. So, um, but you could say that about any type of movement art. But I think that Filipino martial arts are a really great 
adjunct to any any martial art. If someone was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu person, and they're like, oh, I want to do something just can't improve my general coordination. We well, should do some Filipino martial arts, mm. right? Or you should learn some cheese out from a good seafood or something. Like just, anything that you do that takes you a little bit out of your element and forces you to make adaptations is going to improve how your brain works, right? Love it. In athletic movement. So there's that. And then, of course, my good friend, Dr. Mark Chang, uh, created this you know awesome combat system uh, with, uh, called K3, and, and it's... It's Filipino martial arts, but it's for movement, for improving coordination, for improving, you know, uh, body, body brain uh, uh, connection, all these kind of things. Right. And so I totally agree with that. I think it's one, it's a very practical martial art if it's taught in a practical way. Um, two, it's really great for movement in general and coordination. And three, because the weapons don't come until very late in Wing Chun, it's a great yeah. thing to do alongside. Uh, but then there are just a couple little caveats there. There are people who can train two very different things simultaneously with no problem. I'm one of those people, okay? I could, you know, train Wing Chun and say Eskrima in the same day back and forth, and I'm never in the middle of a chi sao bout gonna uh, pull yeah. out a stick and start beating yeah. the dude, right? It or or if I'm in the middle of a screamer or whatever, I'm never gonna suddenly like drop it, go on one rear leg and kick the guy. Or something. Like, <laughs> like I don't have problem, like I can separate those things, oh, right? Right, right? But some people can't. And I, we talked about this cross training issue on a recent episode of the Kung Fu Genius podcast with um, the, uh, I did an interview with another podcast uh, they're called Kung Fu Conversations. Yeah. And uh, you guys can check that out. So it's a, a, a few weeks back. Um, and we talk about this thing across training and when is it good? And it depends on the student. Some people can do multiple things at once without having any ill effects to the other things they're doing. And some people can do multiple things and it imp they all improve each other. And some people can do multiple things and it fucks everything up. All right. Oh, so, yeah. so the problem is it, it's, it's a very individual thing. Okay. okay? Uh, so I, I thought that it was a good thing uh, that they kind of teach it. Uh, separate but side by side uh, in terms of the Bruce Lee stuff uh, did Bruce Lee really have passion for Filipino martial arts in terms of his ability as a fighter or did he think it was cool in the movies mm. okay mm. or maybe um, he thought it was good for coordination yes I mean the th but the thing is we don't know we don't and I'm the last person to speculate on those things Man. and that's all I gotta say about that all right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. Hit that bell for notifications. And if you have any ideas for future episodes of KFG, go ahead and put those in the comments below. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Word is I'm a Kung Fu genius. Technique speaks for me, not lineage. Forget Jet Li, cause I'm the one. Many call me Sifu, but to you I'm Seagung. And I produce masters. You surpassed us. Your Kung Fu stiffer than corpse and caskets. City Wing Chung is the house I built. Violate the gate and your blood gets spilt. Alex Richter, always the victor. Hey, Nicole, we're recording back here, just so you know. Don't make it in loud phone calls like you like to. Yeah. Uh, you better have my money. Yeah, you got money. You got money for new Nikes, but you gonna got money to pay back the boss. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see you at your work next week. I'm not telling you what day. I'm Nicole, bitch. <laughs> and you will know my name. Yeah. Have you ever picked up uh, your teeth with broken fingers? <laughs> Do you want that experience? All right, okay. So here we go. Jangle those keys. You gotta put the keys right here, bro. Not with those, <laughs> sure, not with those bro. Phil Collins arms. arms. Oh, <laughs> yeah. damn! How?
dare you mention his <sighs> yeah. name in my presence? Yes, Phil yes, Collins yes. was a warrior too. Yeah, yeah. Back okay. All right, Bootsy Collins, let's uh, go. Oh, shh. Bootsy Collins? Let's go. All right, peeps. On today's episode of The Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of questions from Hot Patreon. nonsense from Patreon. Hot nonsense. Jangle those keys. 